From Hypebeast Radio, I'm Jeff Staple, and this is The Business of Hype, a show about creative entrepreneurs, brand builders, innovators, and the realities behind the dreams they've built. For this episode of The Business of Hype, we're going to focus in on an occupation that probably just a few years ago didn't exist at all. In fact, I find that when I meet people who do this job, they aren't even really sure what to call it yet. So for the purposes of this podcast, we're going to call them image consultants. So let's rewind a little bit. If we go back a few years in the timeline of social media's history, we had blogging, MySpace, and then Facebook, which was all very innocent and grassroots. I mean, photos were meant to be personal and unfiltered then. After all, social media is supposed to be a reflection of your life, and your life should be that, personal and unfiltered. And then came Twitter, which was really all about the words. People who excelled at writing and being able to wax poetic in short spurts excelled immediately on Twitter. And while images and videos could be posted, it was really always an afterthought. And then came Instagram. And along with Instagram, higher resolution cameras on phones that we've never seen before. So now all of a sudden, pictures you were posting on social media had a higher level of expectation. And as you're sharing life on Instagram, you're also curating it, making sure everything looks, feels, and sounds as you intended it to. Even if you took a flippant view of IG and posted purposely poorly taken photos and meaningless captions, that in and of itself is also a curated decision. So it really wasn't until just recently that people realized that they might not be all that good at curating their own feed. So they needed help. Enter the profession of image consultant. I'm sure image consultants existed in Hollywood and the recording industries long ago, but with social media, it's now a 24-7 nonstop hustle that is ripe for disaster. So it's a constant management that doesn't ever seem to turn off. I've always been curious about this industry. Who needs it? And what goes into the job? So Kareem Biggs-Burke is an OG legend in the game, simply known as Biggs. And we actually interviewed him for Hypebeast Radio back on episode 24. You should definitely give that a listen. But recently, his popularity has skyrocketed. He's seen everywhere and in all the right places. And always, right there, nearby, is Julia Lang. Is she helping with this? What is her role? What does she do? How does she make a living traveling the world like this? Those are just some of the questions people had, and it's high time we find out. So let's get into this. Just who the hell is Julia Lang? So who are you? I'm Julia Lang, mm -hmm. born in Africa, German, but um, yeah, it's like, my story goes a little deeper because I was born in Africa, my parents are missionary workers, so they went there worked for free for six years and I was born there, stayed mm -hmm. there until I was five years old, was speaking Kiswahili fluently. Um, what country in Africa? Tanzania, okay. East Africa. Okay. I was born under the Kilimanjaro, epic scenery. Wow. And what's, what's it like in Tanzania? Is it like city or rural? It's very, very nature driven. Oh, okay. Well, now I have to reveal my age because I was about to say like 30 years ago, <laughs> it's like, there was like it was like pure nature and very um, yeah you can't um, compare it to anything in okay. Europe. All right, and so you were there until you were five years old. You said right. Yes, and then okay. I went back to Germany, mm -hmm. where my parents are from, and right. I'm completely German. Uh huh. And what kind of passport do you have? Well, I had to make a decision because uh -huh. five years ago you had to decide. Now I'm actually applying for both. Mm -hmm which um, makes a lot of sense. It's always Both good German to have and German Tanzanian. and Tanzanian, okay. yes. Is there an advantage to having a Tanzanian I think it's never, it's never a bad thing to have both of them. Right. Why not? So, yeah, I'm Do excited. Do you still go back to Africa? I did go back when I was eight. Uh -huh. um, after that, I didn't, but yeah. I'm planning to because my parents, you know, they're not getting any younger, so mm -hmm. I want to go as a union yeah. back together where I was born. And right. Check they're it living out in again. Germany now? Yes. Okay. And Africa was a very, very monumental time for me and still is like I never really felt white I always said uh, like I'm colored with no boundaries because it really shaped me mm -hmm. those five years mm -hmm. so yeah I never okay. really felt like I belonged to in like to Germany when I lived there yeah but did you feel like you belonged to Africa too um, I rather felt like I belonged to a more colored community uh-huh and like a more free spirit thinking community. Yeah. German is very conservative and right. 
trying to yes, right? yes yeah yeah and right. it was kind of hard for me growing up as a teenager because mm -hmm. I've been like I asked my mom in the age of four to dress me to sue me dresses mm -hmm. particular exactly mom put this color like this shape so I was always very creative and fashion driven and had my own mind mm -hmm. and yeah that's something unusual for German yeah so what part of you is Asian Everybody thinks Lang is Asian, but it's actually a very typical German name. But you also, you look Asian, so you're not Asian, not even 1%. I'm 100% German. That's so... No mix. That's so weird to me. <laughs> okay. I went, like, last week, I went with Bix to Naomi Campbell's um, after party for her award. Uh-huh. And I wanted to sit on the top of the, the couch and next to us were the Kardashians and they were sitting on the top of the couch and asked the girl next to me, can you help me to lift me up there? And she was like, well... You don't look as Caucasian as them. I don't think if you can fit on there. Uh -huh. So people actually think like I'm a mix or something. Wow. But I'm not. So. Okay. All right. I, no disrespect. You could. <laughs> no, I love it actually. <laughs> right. It's it's nice to be mixed like so. Yeah, yeah. I keep the mystery open. Whatever right. you think I am. Well, Lang Lang is the is the confusing part. But I didn't know that Lang was a was a common. It's German one of the name. most common names in in Germany. Spelled yeah. that way. L a n g. Yeah. Okay. It means like long. Oh, okay, okay. I see. Um, all right, so you're in Germany. What city? A very small town close to Munich. Actually, where Puma and Adidas is being manufactured. Oh, like Herzo? Nuremberg? Herzo? Oh, Nuremberg. It's very close to Herzogenaurach. Okay, okay. That's how you say it in German. Okay. Herzogenaurach, yeah. Okay, cool. So you're very close to Adidas and, and yes. Puma. Okay. And then where else have you lived, like, after that? So I graduated my bachelor in um, Nuremberg, mm -hmm. and then I always felt like I wanted to live in New York my entire life. Mm -hmm. It was something I was always gradu graduating to. Yeah, graduating to. Graduating yeah. to, yeah. And But I couldn't live there because I'm a European. You can't get a visa. Mm -hmm. So I came after my bachelor, and I did a three-month um, internship here at a marketing agency okay um, was Wait, amazing here in new york. yeah here in new york right well, after I before you get there i want to know why new york was like this thing that um, you wanted to come to you know sometimes you can't really put a name on what you have in your guts uh -huh. i was like maybe movies and then like me and my brother we begged our parents I think in 2000, no, 1989 to come to New York. Yeah. And we are not, my parents don't come from money, so they mm -hmm. had to save like five years mm -hmm. to fly with me and my and brother to New York to wow. be here for a week. Uh -huh. And it was like always a dream of my life. So you came for vacation and it just mm -hmm. infected you basically? Yeah. Okay. And then I always wanted, I wanted to live here, but there was no way. Uh -huh. And then I did the internship here in 2009 mm -hmm. for three months. It was after, amazing. After college or? We have a little different um, situation in Germany, mm -hmm. but I went to, I think, comparable to college mm -hmm. and then university. Mm -hmm. So I graduated my bachelor in, in Nuremberg. Yeah. And then after that, in 2009, when I graduated, I went to New York for three months to do an internship okay. and at a marketing a, agency. Marketing agency. Yeah. Right. And Not a they, big name. What were they marketing? Like, who it was like clients? a small, small office. I can't even remember. A lot of banks and like... Uh -huh. Nothing major, okay. but I just wanted to be here, yeah, you know, yeah. so yeah, it was unpaid, so uh -huh. I just, I invested a lot of money actually to do that internship, yeah. but I always knew, you know, mm -hmm. am I going to help? Did you have to go back after the internship? After the three months, yeah. Okay. So then, then I was like heartbroken, I was like, oh damn, <laughs> seriously, it was yeah. like a tough, I was like, okay, you know, I lick blood, but I can't have it anymore. Ah. So then I was like, okay, shit, what, what's comparable to New York in, in Europe? Yeah. And then I was like, London, and mm -hmm. I've been there many times, and I loved it, mm -hmm. so yeah, I found a job after I finished university, and I did PR for Marnie in London. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, lived there for a year. Marnie's like one of the dopest brands, it's like... Yeah, I love it. How I mean, did you it land was, that job? It was in 2011. Uh-huh. Well, I did, my major was in marketing, trade okay. and commerce, so... And I assume I think, you were already into fashion, you yeah. had to be, okay. I've been like, maybe you can touch base on it later, I've been traveling to Fashion Week since 2009, all uh -huh. main, main force, uh -huh. twice a year, and that's always something, and back then I had my own blog, and like, you know, it was always something. You are passionate about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. And I did it for a year, wasn't really paid as much, wasn't really, wasn't really me, mm -hmm. so then I moved to um, Berlin after London, and okay. that's when it all really started, like that's when I started my own agency and mm -hmm. luckily 
Um, we don't have that department store here in the US, but it's comparable to Saks Fifth Avenue. They launched a new division and they asked me to like launch it, produce their first event and do their whole digital branding. Okay. Back in 2012 and Instagram wasn't as popping as it now, but yeah, it was yeah. still relevant, already right. relevant. And yeah, I was like shitting my pants because I didn't really have experience, but mm -hmm. I'm, oh, I'm never saying no in life. Yeah, yeah. If it comes to me, it's for a reason. Uh -huh. So I, I signed a job. And I was like from a home office, so I was able to travel more yeah. and I performed amazingly. So I was mm -hmm. like, okay, wow, this really works out. And then from that point, it just grew and grew and grew. Yeah. So you're like sort of meandering through Europe, trying to find your way back to New York, right? Basically, <laughs> but I was never really something close to me. I never really thought it could happen uh -huh. because I would have need to marry someone mm -hmm. or yeah, or like or being tied, and like, yeah. yeah, but even I've been being tied to one company right, and I'm such a free spirit, yeah. Uh -huh. So then like one of my best friends, she's like a big, big, big um, pop star from Tokyo I and mean, she used to live here and she introduced me to Rihanna's photographer and he's German. Okay. So he told me, why don't you apply for an O1 visa? It's like an artist visa and you're like totally open. You have the freedom. Uh -huh. It's like every three, every three years you re renew it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, oh, wow. And luckily, because I've been investing so much in myself and been mm -hmm. doing all those fashion weeks, mm -hmm. I got a lot of press. Mm -hmm. was in Vogue, like all magazines you can imagine. Yeah. And they needed like 150 pages of press and mm -hmm. like references. Yeah. And I've been traveling so often to New York too and built such a good community mm -hmm. that I applied for it. My lawyer got it through. And then in 2014, mm -hmm. when I was living for two years in Berlin, actually everything was going great. I had like a lot of like time to travel i had a good income with this department store mm -hmm. um but i always felt like that's not what i want there's more and i feel like i'm very big on my intuition and mm -hmm. i always knew new york gonna lead you to some ways like mm -hmm. some roads you would never get otherwise so then i told my parents because i don't have any family in the us uh -huh. i told them okay i'm coming here they want the best for me but it was still not the easiest mm -hmm. because your only daughter is like moving across the ocean yeah. Um, and I don't had any savings, uh -huh. to be fair. I was still young, I didn't really... But I was like, you know what, you can do that. There's something coming out of it. So I came here, slept on my friend's couch in New mm -hmm. Jersey with not a single penny of savings for mm -hmm. the first two months. And I came in in August and in September was Fashion Week. Yeah. So obviously I was still like, everyone Fashion Week, build more and more contacts. And then I just got a new social media client uh -huh. And then everything, I mean, I started very, very humble. Okay. From sleeping on my friend's couch in Jersey to uh -huh. moving in like a tiny room in Harlem and then step by step. Mm -hmm. Now living in the heart of Manhattan by mm -hmm. myself and like having so many clients. It's just yeah. a lot of hard work and sacrifices right. because I haven't been on a vacation in five, six years. Yeah. So this is 2014 that you moved to New York? Yeah. Okay. So Fall 2014, yeah. Okay. And it just so happened to be Fashion Week the month after you came here. Yeah. When you go to the New York Fashion Week for the first time as a New Yorker... Oh, right, as a New Yorker. Are you like, I got to get money now. Like, I have to make a living somehow, right? Absolutely. I mean, New York is super expensive. Yeah. But I feel like after moving here, I can't call myself a New Yorker yet. So I was just feeling that it could work out but I was still also applying for jobs which were like way lower than I was capable of just to, get just to survive yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but then it just like came to me like I started like the f second week I arrived in Manhattan I got a job offer as a personal shopper in Saks Fifth Avenue and first for a particular person or for sex for sex okay, okay. a personal shopper right so which, when you go into sex and like they say they give you their business card and then they keep in touch with the customer i like, think they they contact me over linkedin or something okay and obviously that's nothing i want to do or like nothing i'm interested in no yeah but then i was like shit but you have to survive you uh -huh. just came here you don't have savings so i think I, I took it but i left after a week or something okay and then like i was like super um yeah blessed because in germany soulbox which is like a big sneaker store retailer in yeah a retailer yeah. in europe they opened a female version called onigo and mm -hmm. they contacted me and asked if i would be willing to be like it's called Oni girl like a yeah. face for them and like yeah. writing for them trend forecast my own personal opinion they gave me a lot of freedom like mm -hmm. i have to submit five articles a month mm -hmm. and they would pay me in a retainer still do three years after <laughs> so it's just you know a blessing do you remember a 
big break that happened in New York? Like you mentioned the sax thing, you mentioned Soulbox. Was there like a moment where you're like, holy shit, like I'm really here now. Like this opportunity hit me. I think a lot of small things, but the biggest one I would say last year, um, when I started working with Bix. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. That and was very, think, very monumental. Right, and that's when I think you sort of, even though you're out there doing your hustle, like that's when you sort of, the spotlight was shown on you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. way more, right. for sure, yeah. So how, how did you connect with Biggs? Um, so he had um, pop-ups for the 20th anniversary of the Reasonable Doubt album from JC. Right, it was an anniversary year for Reasonable Doubt, right? What, exactly. What, what was it, 20 years? 20 years, yeah. yeah. 20 years, yeah. It came okay. out in 96. Yep, okay. I so remember. He and had they came out with merch for it. Exactly. And, yeah. okay. Super dope. dope. It was yeah. like one in LA and then the second one in New York. Okay. And I'm also big on not taking any notes in life because I remember I was invited, at a, I think like back then from his assistant or something. Uh -huh. And the whole block was shut down. Yeah. I remember Ebro and everybody, nobody could get in. Uh -huh. I was like, no, fuck that. If I'm here, there must be a way. Yeah. So like I worked my way through and I got in, mm -hmm. believe it or not. It was like super almost impossible, but I went in and I bought this dip dye shirt with uh -huh. the Rockefeller um, logo. Yeah. And I wore it like a week later. Um, I posted it on Instagram. Bix happened to repost it okay. on his account. And then I'm always like so business savvy and driven. So I checked out his Instagram and I was like, this dude is a legend and what he's like, the whole quality, the whole branding is so off. Yeah. He could like market his whole digital presence so differently. How many followers did he have? Do you remember? Um, 20,000, 19,000. And this was just like, how long ago? A, so I, I contacted him the first time, yeah, less than a year. Less than a year ago? Yeah. Okay. Um, Damn, what so is he at now? <laughs> almost 150. Wow. Okay. And his engagement is insane okay like, so you you looked at his social wait yeah. wait but first you posted something from the event yes then he reposted it and then you yes. looked at his profile and you thought it was shit yes and the good <laughs> thing is at that point i've been working with so many other talents so mm -hmm. this wasn't something new like starting from working with brands and so many other talents got in touch with me from nba players to actors also from germany a lot mm -hmm. of like public figures and then i wasn't really shy contacting him so yeah. I like very unconventional I DM'd him and I was like we should have a meeting I think there's a lot of potential with your um yeah digital presence and uh -huh. he didn't reply I DM'd again he replied he was like sure and um, what are you doing what uh -huh. can we do so then a couple weeks forward we finally met I think in July mm -hmm. sat down I told him what I can bring to the table what I think is the vision and the chemistry was there mm -hmm. from the first meeting and mm -hmm. A couple weeks later, we traveled the world together. I did the Nike lounge with him. It's like so many... When you met him, when you had the meeting with him and you sort of secured the job, for I guess for lack of a better word, was his Nike Air Force One, the Rockefeller Nike Air Force One, already in the works? I think in his mind, but he didn't verbally tell me. Okay. I think he had meetings with them already, yeah. but he didn't really had a communication with conversation with me about it. Gotcha. So... You met with Biggs, uh, but he didn't yet tell you, like, hey, I've got this Air Force One dropping, right? No, he did not, but even without knowing that, uh -huh. I could still sense that there was, like, some energy around him with the pop-up, and I didn't really yeah. know what's the next move, but mm -hmm. I could tell, because, you know, you could also physically tell, like, so much change going on. He used mm -hmm. to be, like, this quiet, bigger guy, yeah. and now he was out of a sudden, this, like, he was always good-looking, but now he was, like, this in the limelight, super uh -huh. fit, outgoing guy, doing <laughs> all the interviews you can think of. Yeah. And I felt like, okay, this guy's up to something. Let me be a part of that. That's very observant of you, I have to say. I'm super observant, I have yeah. to say too. Well, like I've known of Biggs from a, a kid, right? Through Reasonable Doubt and stuff. And, you know, we, I have a brand staple and we show at all these like trade shows and conventions and stuff. And recently in the past couple of years, like Biggs would come by into into my booth and be like yo what's up i just wanted to see what's going on and I, of course at first i'm like flabbergasted that he would come but then in retrospect i'm like why is he, he in my booth like checking and I, I could see you in retrospect he probably had his radars up and he was just learning about what's going on in the culture right 100 percent. whenever yeah. we travel we make sure to hit up local stores mm -hmm. we like He's big on research and he like he wants to learn about everything. He's yeah. the most hardworking I've ever met, so yeah. that's what he does. Right. Okay. So I want to go back to that meeting. Yeah. You DM'd him, you sat down, you had the yeah. meeting. I mean, it's one thing to get a guy to like 
answer your DM and sit down with you in person. It's another thing to be like, here's what I can do. Here's how much I want. Sign the sign the check. Yeah, is I mean, that what you accomplished that in that one meeting? Or no. Took, okay. No. So talk I mean, about how you got him to be an actual client. Yeah. So the chemistry was there from the get go, but then. He was a little hesitant because I also know what I'm worth, I know my rates, I know what I can bring to the table. So it's often, people are often shocked, clients, by what it takes or what it costs and so, so forth and so on. Yeah. So then we had our second meeting, I think a week later, and I showed him some, um, some mood boards or layouts, how his Instagram should look like or what we can do. And he was like, okay, I like the direction. And I told him we should always like have a professional photographer with us. Like when you met us in Dubai, I took Eric Hercules with us. Yeah. So I have so many um, people I work with. Uh -huh. So I told them we always should have, like we shouldn't take pictures with your phone. There should be some uh -huh. professional team with us. He was right. like, okay, I like that. And then I think he mentioned at the third uh, meeting that the Nike lounge is going to happen, which okay. was like, a, I think four weeks later, everything happened so quick. Yeah, yeah. So then we found a way to work close a deal. Close yeah. A deal. Okay. I was like, at every meeting with the Nike um, situation, I was a part uh -huh. of it. I did the whole production with him to shoot here in summer. Then we flew to um, ComplexCon where mm -hmm. the shoe was launched in November. Um, with Bix, when we travel, it's always 14 hour days. Like we work nonstop, we're super focused, but we are so productive. Mm -hmm. So that's why we also flow so nice because he works extremely hard. I have the same work ethic, so mm -hmm. it just yeah, yeah. flows, you know? Right, right. And then, so is he sort of like your main focus now in terms of all your work? Because he's uh, the most public of you of the work that you do. That's only because with the other talents, I have to sign non-disclosures, and mm. he's the one who actually really wants to promote me. And like with him and me, it's very out there. Yeah. With my other clients, I have other brands I work with. These are public too. But with mm. talents, they usually want a non-disclosure because they want their following to make them believe it's like right like you know it's like they're doing it. exactly yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's a little tricky that's right. why i also can't promote my work as much mm -hmm. but i get it and yeah. like it's also mouse to mouse those yeah. important people they tell other celebrities or whatnot about me right 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 so and then so you can't even say it now i mean it's like from athletes to actors <laughs> <laughs> okay i wish you could say but i guess the, you can't violate the nda I mean, I can tell you brands. I work with Def Jam Records, so mm -hmm. you know who, what artists are signed with Def Jam Records. Def Jam Records, and okay, I work with brands okay. like Nominee, Table Studios from LA. Uh -huh. um, it's a it's a good range. Okay, ComplexCon, we dropped the Air Force One. It was like a two day of like Madness. fifteen hour working. Yeah. Yes, I have barely slept, <laughs> um, but it was amazing. Like. Yeah super dope and then monday we were supposed to fly at night to florida for another client of big who i was signing to for digital and jc um hit him up and he was like hey come to my new house you In haven't LA. yes you uh -huh. haven't signed my new my, my sneaker sneaker box uh, because this was like a thing if you got a sneaker and big didn't sign it it's not official it was like a running joke uh. So, um, and when Jay-Z calls and says, you didn't sign my sneaker box, you go um, <laughs> where he so is, So right? we were actually on the way to a meeting yeah. and like, I was sitting next to him and I felt like it was like so early in our relationship. Uh -huh. So I was just looking out the window and thinking to myself, wow, this is really happening. <laughs> Coming from a small town in Germany. So then they hang up and Big Scott's like, well, he, he has a new house and he wants me to come by and like sign his boxes. I think he had like... 10 of them or something mm -hmm. you know <laughs> um and i was like yeah i can wait somewhere in a in a starbucks do your thing because i right. felt like <sighs> of course that's like the dream vision yeah, but i felt like Jay no yeah. that's too much <laughs> as much as i would like to right. but so you offered you're like i'm gonna just wait in the cafe. yeah yeah i was like okay. no do your thing and he was like but yeah hold, hold up hold up let me let me find out so i was like i didn't ever think it's gonna happen so jay got back to him and he was like if you trust him or her, mm -hmm. he didn't even know who he's with. Yeah. It's fine to me. That's all I need to know. Mm -hmm. So then I was already like, it's just so fulfilling to to get so much trust and mm -hmm. team play. Validation. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Bix was like, yeah, you can come. Uh -huh. I was like, fuck, I didn't sleep the entire weekend. I'm dressed like a bum. I'm, I'm not even I prepared. I love that your reaction was like, fuck. Because like I'm you a perfectionist, yeah, right. you know? I, I, if I, let me wait at the Starbucks, please. Like. Yes. No, but I mean, obviously, it's like the biggest honor and yeah. the biggest like dream or like motivation. Mm -hmm. 
So, okay, we, we drive over. Mm-hmm. It was like this huge 88 million <laughs> new mansion, barely done yet. Yeah. Um, we walk inside the, the living room. Uh-huh. He was sitting there. The, the children were like upstairs. You could hear them. Yeah. I think Beyonce was getting ready to pick up Ivy from school. Beyonce was home too. I didn't see her, but okay. she was home, yeah. In one wing somewhere. Yeah. Like. Um, wow. So I was just being quiet. Was there like security everywhere? Yeah, yeah. You, you walk in and they, they didn't even want to let Bix in first. They were like, who like who you here uh-huh, for? Uh-huh. So, but very friendly, very warm. Like, and the second I walked in, I didn't feel like I'm a stranger. Yeah. Like super nice and welcoming uh-huh. and yeah, made me feel like I'm a part of. Yeah. So Don't. then I was sitting there, I was just being quiet. Like did, Emery was there too. Who you um, know? Yes, okay. he's a friend of mine. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we were sitting there for a couple of hours, and uh-huh. it was just very, <laughs> very so humbling sad. and motiv- yeah, motivational. Yeah, definitely. Me coming from like this small town in, in Germany and having all those visions, and people always tried to put me in boxes or like try to understand me and mm-hmm. couldn't. Why are you traveling to this fashion weeks and why are yeah. you dressing like this? And I always say like I don't dress for the job I have. I dress for the job I want. Right. And you can put this in anything in life, not totally. just about your clothes. Great advice. Yeah. yeah. So and then fast forward, like the next day we had the meeting in Florida and Bix was staying a little longer and I flew back to New York and mm. I was sitting in on the plane and I actually started crying because I was so happy and like fulfilled that life is actually putting me in such positions yeah. and like making everything available which i never right. thought before would be possible mm-hmm. like in that three days 72 hour you couldn't even process it while it was happening no. right yeah still until now it's still like i'm like wow this really happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah when you um it i like the story that you told that when you first presented to biggs you sort of showed him what you thought his digital presence and his whole persona could be like were you afraid that like, if I present all this, what if he just steals it from me? Because I know a lot of creatives are like, I'm not going to show you my what I can do until until I get a check, right? Yeah, I mean that's always a risk in life. But you were willing to do absolutely it? like even like, I now like I have my first personal assistant mm-hmm. since a couple of months, and it's always like, okay, what if you teach people all of your knowledge and like everything, and then. One time they're gonna start their own company with the same knowledge. It's always a risk. Yeah, and the same true. if you show a talent or a company or a brand, your vision and give them a mood board in a direction. Yeah. Can always happen. But right. if you don't try it then you also don't win. Yeah. Um, do you have any other bits of advice that you do when you sort of present yourself to a, a potential client? So I often have the debate with friends or people in the industry. I, I often ask them, so do you pitch mm-hmm. or do you rather just let the client come to you mm-hmm. and it's like often they, they would say no I don't pitch that's a little too aggressive or too desperate too thirsty whatever you want to call it <laughs> yeah and I completely disagree because like especially in my beginnings uh-huh. a lot of what I have now is because I was actively pitching mm-hmm. and I think if you believe in yourself and you know you can help the client to yeah. reach whatever next level you you're working on then why not pitch mm-hmm. I think that's also good advice for everybody who's trying to enter that or whatever file it is, if you pitch, sure, you might gonna have you to swallow your pride in that second. Right. But um, if God gives you a certain work ethic or like talent, yeah. show it to show the world. Yeah. Yes, and ask if somebody might need it. You might be surprised. Right. You That's might gonna lend your your dream job because you pitch. Yeah. And if you didn't ask or pitch, yeah. you might not get so it. So never yeah. be too prideful. It can always open unexpected doors. Right. So when someone asks you, like, what's your job? What do you do? What's what's your succinct answer? Well, it's difficult, but I think, like, I run a creative agency. Mm-hmm. And this, we're specialized in digital branding, image consultant, event production. And now more and more PR, PR facets are coming to it. Okay. Um, I went with Bix um, to Paris Fashion Week in January. Mm-hmm. And I helped him to be at every front row. I got the security, the hotel situation. So it's a lot behind the scene going on. A lot on of logistics, you. too. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Because I guess that's part of the image, right? You could you could argue that image is like, yeah, make sure he looks good, make sure there's a good photographer. But if he's getting denied at the door of this fashion show, that's not good for his I image. I agree 100%. Yeah. And so it's good that you're picking up so quick. Yeah. That's image consultant. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling him like what's, you know, smart, what's a smart move for okay. his whole... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That sounds like for a lot of people who might be listening to the show who are young and getting started, that's like a dream fucking job. Is it a dream job? Um, it's 24-7, it's around the clock, especially social media, but it is a dream for sure. I'm mm-hmm. like, 
happy that I'm doing what I love to do, mm -hmm. but it's never just a glamorous. It's 24 seven, <laughs> as I said. Weekends is for me like a day during the week. Right. Christmas, my clients call me. We have uh -huh. to post this. We have to like blah blah. So there's no vacation. There's yeah. no weekend. There's no night. Right. It's Do you actually control like you post on his Instagram? It's case by case, yeah. but um, a lot of talents request myself to do it. But uh -huh. obviously, there's only so much I can handle. Yeah. So I have a team they help me with. Okay. But yeah, it depends. Okay. And for someone starting out who wants to one day be like an image consultant or, you know, heading, doing this type of work, what's like, what can you charge someone for this? And that's an honest question. Like, I actually don't know. A talent or a brand? A person, a talent. So it's case by case. You yeah. have to negotiate. You have to know your words. You have to know how much it takes. Um, so I would say, especially New York is different than any other city because the lifestyle is so expensive in New York. Yeah. Um, like a starting rate, like a, a, you know. It's between three and six for one, three to six thousand a month for okay. one person. Okay. So in other words, if a if a quote unquote image consultant came to me, Jeff Staple, and said, Jeff, you need help on your image. I need. I'm going to help you. I would charge you five k. Okay. And it's still pretty um, fair, I would say. Okay. All right. And then, do you usually work it out like month to month, or you try to get like a contract? Yeah, obviously, always a contract, and okay. I'm, I'm big on a 12-month contract. Yeah. I don't like to work short-term, mm -hmm. but there are always like different scenarios, but nothing under six months, usually 12 months yeah, on yeah. a retainer base. Right. That's what and, I do with all my clients. And I think retainer is good, too, because the job is 24-7. You can't really like turn off the clock, right? Yeah, I don't do that. That's right. like... I work way more than in, than you would work in any other job, and it's just <laughs> social media. You have to be active 24-7, yeah, right. so yeah. Um, can you recall any like crazy horror stories? Not horror, but like stress, like because the job looks so glamorous, can you recall like a super stressful situation? Well, it's crisis management 24 seven. It's like stressful all the time. Really? Since I moved to New York, how the amount of gray hair is like, I'm not joking. <laughs> Why? But like, for instance, with Biggs, when he drops like a Nike, why is there a crisis? It's all good, isn't it? Bix is one of the easiest clients I have. Okay. He's like very like he with him it's like a blessing to work with. Why why is, do you think he's so easy to work with? Because he values my work, he values what I'm bringing to the table. He knows that I'm the best in what I offer. Uh-huh. Um and he trusts me. Right. But that's like what I say goes back to chemistry. You don't yeah. have that kind of relationship with every client. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the same with our design studio. Like clients who trust us, it's great. Mm -hmm. And then there's clients that are like every hour, like, hey, what's going on? Can we get a report? Exactly. Like, yeah, can we have a meeting? Exactly. Like, you can't even do your job, you know? I decided myself to um, cut some of the contracts off mm -hmm. earlier than in the 12 months period because yeah. it was getting too much. Right. If they don't trust you, if they like are too much on you, you can't handle it. Mm -hmm. It's like already so diverse and like you, it's around the clock. So if a client doesn't believe in you and trust you, it's too much. Yeah. And in this business, how do you go about getting new clients? Is it all word of mouth, I would imagine? It's word of mouth. And then the past, I would say nine months, I've been like, it's so much important events. And like so many people noticed me, noticed what I'm doing. So mm -hmm. I actually get more approach than I can actually take on. Yeah. Which is a big blessing. So yeah, yeah. I deny a lot of new clients, but yeah. Well, you're, it's funny because your social media presence is almost like a, like a talent that you would work with like you're becoming someone that I'm a brand myself yeah, you're I've a always brand yourself. Been, yeah. yeah so while you're out there saying I service other people you have to service yourself too yeah and that's like a big other component because it's also <laughs> like a I'm a perfectionist so yeah. I make sure it's that's what I'm saying like mm -hmm. the past five years I barely had any vacation my yeah, vacation yeah. is traveling to fashion weeks making sure to be an important we went to Seoul Dubai mm -hmm. complex con NBA also weekend there's like yeah, so much like ends. yes Right. Um, How does sleep work for you? <laughs> it's tough. Because uh -huh. like, I think your clients are in all time zones too, right? Yes. So. Yeah. It's tough. Do you get um, eight solid hours? I need a lot of sleep. I don't know if it's a woman only <laughs> thing, but I need sleep. So uh -huh. I often just like put my alarm on a certain time because you have to, you cannot just post randomly for your clients. It has to be a strategy behind it. Your target audience, everybody's different. So. So you have alerts set throughout. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you're 
calendar like freak, right? Uh, I try to be organized, yeah. yeah. And I, I try to deliver the best I can. So right. you have to post a certain time for each individual client. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And is it, do you think that there is a maximum capacity for how much you can take on in terms of work? Definitely, but my goal is to have one of the biggest agency in the world. So the more clients I get, the more people I can hire. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Tell so, me about any like challenges you might feel about taking your work ethic and what you've learned and passing it on to someone else. It's the most difficult thing ever. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, I'm I noticing um, more and more. Um, I switched my personal assistant three times in the past three months. <laughs> that sounds like a TV show. Like you keep firing your personal assistant. I mean, I'm very, I'm, I'm not like a mean, I'm very like open and I have a dialogue with them and I tell them why and everybody's super like, okay, I get it. And mm -hmm. I'm asking for a lot too. Mm -hmm. If you work with me because I'm delivering, I work, I'm a very quick and like I'm on fast pace yeah. um, agenda. So. And a lot of people mistake that for being like a bitch. Yeah. Like, cause you're not putting feelings there you're not like trying to say like oh let me tell you something like you're just I like, try to find a balance and that's like <laughs> the, the fine line yeah but um, just get the job done right you're yeah. not about like here yeah to make best and it's friends. hard as you said like i'm so passionate and so on top of everything i do mm -hmm. it's like one of the most difficult things to find somebody who's like yeah a mirror of that right right so yeah do you think there's this like stigma of young people and their ability to like really commit and work are you finding that? I hope not. I don't. I don't want to put people in a box. I always believe that like the use is our, you know, it's mm -hmm. like where we should put our focus on. And yeah. I, I try not to put any negativity on it. I feel like somebody who is eighteen might be a better assistant than somebody who is thirty-eight. For yeah, me. whatever. Yeah. yeah, right. Age doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to bring up maybe a little bit of a sensitive topic, but you mentioned that like recently in Big's sort of immediate rise to fame recently in the past month especially show, uh, past year especially socially and your rise together and because as you mentioned Biggs is so generous in not hiding you not making you sign an NDA like he posts you as much as he posts you sometimes right so I think there's this like stigma stereotype where it's like oh Julia must be sleeping with the dude like that's the only way she got to this position I, I mean like this is something that you must hear inklings of, right? I had to deal with this kind of stereotype my entire life. Uh -huh. um, I've always been at places or working with people, often with guys, like yeah. like talents, and people always try to find a reason why I'm working with them or why am I at this Louis Vuitton after party or whatnot where only like so, such a little, crowd of people can right. get in and, and like how did she get here right yes yeah, yeah. this is like this follows me my entire life like so to the extent where i um i mean it's also because the work overload was so much but i decided okay since i wanted to be so focused i don't want any rumors let me just step back i was like i stopped drinking alcohol i, I lived celibate for like almost two years and you lived celibate for two years yeah like, I think that's and, like healthy. Like it's not that like and counting, not counting, but I no, know but it's like, like to this day or two years. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm getting very specific. You no, brought it up, but I'm getting specific. Now. I was like dating, but okay. So I was like very committed to it because I didn't. I'm not about casual dating. I had two five year relationships, mm -hmm. so I'm like all or nothing kind yeah. of. And then but when you cut all this, everything out. You were yes. like stop with the drinking and the yeah. Like, because also yeah. like I signed more and more clients and I had to be on my A game. So if yeah. I drink, I'm hangover. I can't deliver. Yeah, I yeah. need to like post at night. So, uh -huh. and then also with like here, it's very like dating is so fast and then all the the stereotyping. And I wanted to prove a point. Why celibate though? That's like it's not like a drug. Because I don't I don't <laughs> I don't sleep around. It doesn't right, fulfill okay. me. So then I rather. If you're not about like a potential husband or about serious dating, yeah. then I don't even want to be involved with you. And uh -huh. then, but people obviously they don't know me personally, so they yeah. didn't know. And then me and Bix traveling everywhere. Right. Um, yeah, it often came up. Yeah. Are you guys dating? What's going on? And as often as I would tell people no, uh -huh. he has his own life, his own kind of relationship. Yeah. We are simple, um, yeah. like, um, Business clients, business partners, yeah, 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 clients. 
nothing right he's like my brother right right and he would like say that like whenever we meet people we were jerry lorenzo in, in uh -huh. paris and he didn't also think he was a little confused too and then mix was <laughs> like no no she's actually like my sister she's extremely hard working uh -huh. we work together right but to this point it's still not really yeah. understood i can imagine that stereotype is so annoying like it's almost like god forbid if you're somewhat above average in attractiveness you couldn't have gotten to where you are without sleeping with someone it's tough <laughs> like i hear it all like this week like i hear it on yeah. a weekly base and it's yeah. very discouraging and it often affects me but in the end of the day you can't let it affect you so mm -hmm. i tried to push through it mm -hmm. um and i went to nas and kanye west listening album yesterday and he okay. had this song called everything mm -hmm. when i think when this is coming out you guys can listen to it, the lyrics and the lyrics speak for itself like mm -hmm. people always have their own truths mm -hmm. even me telling right now yeah that i'm not involved with any guy right. people would might still assume oh yeah, she's lying like lying. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah right so i can go to bed and know everything i do for myself i feel good about uh -huh. and then what the world thinks yeah it's not gonna be the last attractive or public guy I work with right so <laughs> right and just to sort of bring up some current event news like in the light of you know the me too thing that's happening and what you just said like what is your thoughts and opinions on this is I it... think it's very powerful that that women finally come out mm -hmm. I had my entire life I wasn't raped or anything mm -hmm. but my entire life like I would have meetings and an arm would slide on my thigh underneath the, mm -hmm. the table or you know, some random yeah. stuff what I still don't feel comfortable with. Nothing I would like need to address to do. Call the police about. Yes. But, but, but I, it made you feel uncomfortable. Absolutely. Right. And I respect that if, if it goes any further for women, mm -hmm. then of course you have to report it and you have yeah. to stand up for yourself. So. Did you think back then, pre-hashtag me too, did you think like, this is just the way business is done? Like, this is the game you have to play? No, I refuse to. Okay. Because I find it very... Like, if this is just how it is, that's horrible. Mm -hmm. So I don't... I wouldn't take that as a as an answer. Yeah, right. Did you ever have to, like, cut people out that... Often. Oh, really? Yeah. If if I felt like they don't respect me for and my... And crossing the line. Yes, for my um, work I'm bringing yeah. to the table and try to find a way... To get personal with me, or like you I know? imagine that happens often, though. Yeah. Like where people cross the line, like it's a, it's a client, but I think and then I'm, all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, let's have dinner Friday night at 10 p.m." But I think I learned <laughs> like to be a little bit intimidating too to a lot of guys. <laughs> Seriously, which I often it's you, a curse and a blessing. You scare them first. Ah, I mean, I'm very vocal and I'm very like so. Yeah. You can sign a contract with me. We can do this and that, but mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. I know that it's important, but that's also the fine line because it's very important with your clients to also build a personal relationship. Mm -hmm. So obviously it's a fine line. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Do you find um, when you hire people or when you contract people uh, to work with you, do you have a preference of like working with young women or young men? Like do you work better with women or men, one or the other? I find it a little easier to work with men. Oh, interesting. Um, but I'm totally open. Tell me why. It's often like less difficult, less drama, <laughs> less specific. Um, for social media, I mean, it's, it's not a. It's you have to retouch a lot of images. Yeah. So obviously, women might also need a little bit more of retouching, you know. Uh huh. So. Because they care more, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like a womanly thing. Right. <laughs> um. So. Yeah. But I had a lot of like um, female talents too. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what like. You know, like we said, this is a job that I think a lot of people will want to come and, and do. What advice would you give to a young person trying to get into this business? Um, so Emery Jones, he always says, bet on yourself, which yeah. I just found out like recently, but I always lived by it. Like I invested in myself since I was like 21 and uh -huh. I traveled to fashion weeks, paid out of my pockets. I had no invitation, yeah. but I just would either sneak in or I would <laughs> like, you know, talk myself into it. So the more... You bet on yourself the more you work on your goals believe in yourself follow your guts i'm a big believer of don't do anything which doesn't feel comfortable which feels like that's not really me mm -hmm. don't try to force too much mm -hmm. but bet on yourself invest in yourself okay 
I think that's good life advice. Yeah. What about like if I want to be an image consultant for someone too? What should I do? Like what class should I take? What's the first internship I should get? What do you think? My class was life. So I just put myself, you have to put yourself into rooms with people you want to work with. Yeah, like Jay-Z. <laughs> I mean, that's a, big of a bit of a stretch, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think it's good to have, to have those goals to get yourself in the rooms with people that you respect. Yeah, you have to be ambitious because in this kind of industry, image consultant often involves like people in the public eye. So you have to be ambitious and willing and confident mm -hmm. to be around those kind of characters. Yeah, yeah. Right. Were you ever in a in a situation where you felt like intimidated by even your client because they were so big or all the time, but oh, I'm wow. trying to fake it and just like, you know, once, Exude the confidence. Yes. Yeah, and once yeah. you build a relationship, we're all human beings. Mm. We all are exactly the same. But yeah. obviously the first impression can like with Bix, the first time I met him, I was totally like faking it, confident, but I was, you know nervous. Yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. Wow, this is an OG, wow. But mm -hmm. you know, it's just a human being as we all are. Yeah. And I think to your point about keeping it real with yourself, like you were obviously into hip-hop culture, sneaker culture, right, street fashion, like, and these are the things that you do image consulting for. I would argue that maybe if, like, Bill Gates asked you to do image consulting, you might have a hard time working with him. I would say yes and no, because I just, like, we were um, doing something big for this performance chocolate, which I don't want to mention, because we it's not a client of us anymore. Okay. But I always say I can do from pharmacy to beverage to mm -hmm. athletes. It's really because my um, mind and my creativity is way broader than just sneakers yeah, yeah, or yeah. like a rapper, you know. Right. So, what did you? Um, okay, so wait, do you consider yourself a sneakerhead? Not at all. It okay. really <laughs> just happens since like everything just fall mm -hmm. into place Nobody when I. Some dope sneakers on right oh, now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like when Soulbox hit yeah. me up. So on you go. Then I also recently worked with Concepts, another sneaker Sneak retailer. Sneaker yes, store, yeah. and then with Hypebeast more often, like it just uh -huh. like came very, very organically. Yeah. So with the Nike it's interesting relationship, that you don't call yourself a sneakerhead because between Soulbox, Concepts, Hypebeast, you are almost like sneakerhead central. I know, and now I'm like <laughs> way more like I check out. Okay, what's the next release? And uh -huh. I'm a lot of seating lists from Converse to Nike. Yeah, yeah gifting um, Mitchell right. Ness so a lot of times I don't even have to buy it because I already get it before it's uh -huh. released so now I would maybe call me a little sneakerhead yeah, but yeah. only because it just came so organically I love to wear high heels you know I like, <laughs> would rather wear the newest Celine boot over a Nike <laughs> sneaker right, but, you know right what did you learn in traveling with Biggs and you were like in the jugular of sneaker culture with kids trying to get those Air Force Ones and like having him sign. Were you like surprised by the fanaticism that you were seeing? I mean, I haven't been a total stranger to it. I've been seeing on media and especially Instagram makes it so accessible. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you are there, it's always a different energy and it's like very overwhelming how much they invest and they sleep over it. Like they, you know, they would like wait overnight. And yeah, yeah or like buy it for a tremendous amount of money. Uh -huh. But I think it's just the culture. I'm like... It, I guess it happens in every subculture, right? Yeah. There's like some fanaticism going on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hey, thanks for listening to the episode with Julia Lang. I hope you're enjoying the season of The Business of Hype. You can find out more about the show and listen to other episodes at hypebeast.com slash radio. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I personally use Overcast. And leave a comment. Tell me how you think I'm doing. If you can condense your words into 280 characters or less, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Staple. You could check us out on the web at businessofhype.com and you can email any questions you might have to questions at businessofhype.com. And uh, hey, Daniel, do we have any uh, new questions that came in this week? Yes. Yeah, so this week's question comes from at curls12 on Instagram. Hey, Jeff, I have a business question involving graphic tees. Do individual designs for seasonal drops have to be copyrighted? I'm not sure if it's copyrighted or copywritten, but Jeff, what are your thoughts? 
Hey, Curl12, thanks for that question. It's a good one. Uh, and it's something I get asked pretty often and I had to do a lot of learning on this. So first of all, I have to preface this by saying that I am not a lawyer. Uh, I'm not giving you sound legal advice. I'm just giving you personal experience advice. Uh, when dealing with anything relating to a copyright or a trademark, you should definitely seek out a copyright lawyer. Um, and there's lawyers that specifically work in this field. So don't go to the, uh, the lawyer of Jacoby and Myers who helps you with your, uh, your traffic accident to, to help you with your copyright issues. Um, and then to answer your question about whether copyrights should be taken out on every t-shirt design and graphic you do, uh, in my opinion, I don't think so. Um, because if you sort of take that stance, you're going to be issuing and paying for tons of copyrights. I mean, you know, right now you might have a sort of relatively small brand with only a few graphics, but like if we were to do that at Staple, we'd be taking out literally like a thousand copyrights a year. Um, and so in my experience, what you want to do is really have your logo and, um, you know, slogan, mission statement, um, icon, you want to have all of those main elements copywritten. Uh, but every single iteration that you end up doing with that, uh, I don't think you, you need to be protecting it. Really what it comes down to is that the rule of thumb for copyright and trademarks is if you want to be protecting that one thing uh, heavily with a lot of investment, then you should go ahead and do it. But if you kind of feel like you might not ever use that again, it might last, you know, one drop and you might, you know, just move on to other graphics, then it's not worth the investment because you will be spending a lot of money um, doing trademarks and copyrights, especially if you want to copyright that across the world. I mean, that copywriting in a piece of art all over the world could easily be $30,000, right? So if you start doing that to every single graphic, it gets crazy really fast. Uh, I would just trademark your, your main stuff um, and then, you know, really protect that. But then the rest of it, just like, let it go. So that's my advice. Again, I am not a lawyer. Uh, I'm sure a lawyer will tell you to copyright everything <laughs> because they can bill you the most amount of money. But I would get some sound advice uh, from a lawyer. And, you know, again, I think uh, you could just go with your logo. Uh, if you want to ask a question, hit us up, questions at businessofhype.com. We're already getting a lot of great questions. I might almost uh, have to do another AMA episode, um, but keep them coming in. I love hearing these questions. I love hearing your comments. Uh, it's really inspiring for me. So thanks. The Business of Hype is directed by Daniel Novetta. It's edited and produced by Bright Young Things. You could check them out at byt.nyc. Engineering was done by David Rogers Berry. And our intern is... Oh shit, we have no intern. We need interns. If, uh, if you want to intern for the business of hype, you can email Daniel, hit him up at daniel at byt.nyc. And uh, we hope to be seeing you in the studio soon. This was recorded at Sibling Rivalry Studio and on location at the Staple headquarters in New York City. I'm Jeff Staple, and you've been listening to the business of hype on Hype Beast Radio.